today I want to start, we're going we're gonna to speak uh, in an order uh, of events here in Scripture and lay out something. I, I wanted to get into beginnings, the foundation, going back. A lot of times we skip that. We, we think, why, why is this so important? And you turn around and say, okay, where did that begin? Why, why did God put that in the first place? So we go back in time and we look at it and say, well, what was the original intent of this? It's interesting to see how many things we do or we have that we scratch our head out. We don't even know why it's there or what we do it for. We just do it out of habit. But when it comes to our relationship with God, I really want to, you say, start at the beginning. You're thinking, oh, wow, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. When I say we're going to start at the beginning, we're going to totally start at the beginning. So let's take our Bibles and we're going to spend the majority of the time in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we're going to hit a couple of subjects of the foundation, the beginning, going all the way back into looking at it. Like I was reading a, a little bit ago, everything that God did, he stepped back and he said, this is what I want. I, I want man and woman and I'm going to do it this way and, and that's good. And God created the heaven, moons and stars and all these things. And God stepped back and he said, it's good. That is the way that I wanted it to be. That's the way that I planned it to be. That's my intention and when it operates this way or it does this, it's good. So, man, I, I, I don't think we could say that a lot about life today or man today. You know why? Because we've gotten away from what God said it's good. And every man does that which is good in his own eyes. That's where we've messed up. I know the start of a new year is great. It's like a, a, a fresh page of ideas. We get to start off new. Lord, I, I want to be better. I want to do this. I want to do that. And a lot of people in our class, we kind of talked about some of those things this morning. But one of the things that God has placed on my heart for the new year, that's heavy on my heart, is not just for myself to draw closer to God, but for me as, as a pastor to kind of come together as a church and, and lead us to understand how to draw closer to God. Not, not just a cliche thing, because that is a very easy thing to say, is this year I, I want to know God better, whatever. And we say that so much, but if I was to turn around and say, all right, I'm going to pass out a piece of paper to everybody. Now explain how to draw closer to God. We're going to sit back and say, well, I'm going to go to church more. That's great. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we have this idea, and I'm thinking, we do those things. If we're sitting in church right now and we carry the word of God and we pray before our meals and all those things, then, then, then maybe we, we need to figure out how to go deeper or reprioritize or get things back where it should be. I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I don't do this very often where I say, write down this statement or remember this or whatever, but I, this is a statement that I want to stick out in your mind and your heart. Let, let me say this. If your relationship with God is not growing then every other part of your life is dying. Let me say it again. If your relationship with God is not growing, then every other part of your life is dying. Talk about priorities. Some of us have experienced this because you're finding a parallel of, man, this isn't going right. I can't get this back on track. I can't get a hold of this. I can't change this. I can't get consistent with anything. I, 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 I'm just so frustrated. And God says, all right, then look over here. Is your relationship growing? Is it, where, where is the priority of me in your life? What, what's going on between you and I when it comes to our relationship? And God says, well, let me explain it like this. Don't ever expect any of this to work until you get this straightened out. 
And let me say, I, I know I'm talking to a, a, a faithful church crowd on a Sunday morning. I, you guys here at 11 o'clock in the morning, the worship and praise God. I know who I'm talking to. But let me tell you, none of us are about, uh, above getting back to the priority of making our relationship number one with God. Let me, let me put it like this. AEP, for most of us, or some of us, has a line that goes into our house. Everything in that house is a direct collation to that power being brought into our house. You, you realize that, that the hair dryer doesn't work right without that power coming in. The, 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 the plugs on the, the wall, the, 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 your, your food will start going bad in the refrigerator. The, your freezer will start thawing out. Everything in your house, the temperature of your house, will either get cold or hot, depending on the season. Everything in your house is affected by the power that's being brought in. Let me tell you what we have a habit of doing. Turn around and say, honey, our, our, our food is spoiled. Well, we need to figure out, we need a new refrigerator. If we had a new refrigerator, it's going to fix everything. But honey, at the same time, this entire house is cold all the time. I, I hate being in here. It's so uncomfortable. Well, then we, and we try to figure out all these things, and we're trying to fix the side effects rather than understanding, hey, AEP is not supplying the proper power coming into the house. That's what's broken. It's not everything else that's in the house. Well, let, let, let's make the draw, the, the, connect the dots here. How many of us in our lives have it to where our relationships are falling apart? I can't be consistent. I can't quit this habit no matter how much I try. And then I run over here into the living room of my heart and I, I, I can't forgive that person. I'm just so mad at them. We have all these different things and God says, you know what? You can run around and change light bulbs and replace the refrigerator and do all these things. But until you fix the source of the problem, which is the power of God being tapped into your life, nothing is ever going to work right. Ever. So I thought, Lord, how do we get into this? So I, I, the Lord laid out on my heart, I, I want to I I get to the beginning of this. I want, I want to get back to the very beginning. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 1-1, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into creation and uh, those kind of things, but the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, let me just stop and say this. You know what's so amazing about God? Is God started everything with nothing. God created everything from nothing. You say, why is that a big deal? Because when you get into evolution, you know what they have to start with? They have to start with something migrating into something. Everything started with something and turned into something else. I want to go back to them and say, well, where did that something come from? That, that, that you're not answering the questions here. I, I, I get your theories, but the, the, the amazing thing about my God is he made something out of nothing. He, didn't, he not only made something out of nothing. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, let, let me explain that as we get into this. The sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, the waves, how far up the waves to come, when the rain comes on, when it turns off, how, how much it does this and how much it does that, how close the sun is or how far it is away, and how the earth spins and how it's not too fast. And how, every bit of it was perfectly put in place by the hand of God. And God stood back and said, you know, everything that I did, it's good, it's good, it's good. If I do it my way, I can make it good. So where are you going? Well, we're going to get into man. 
And I want you to understand the way that God intended it. God said it is good. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. I want you to get people today sit back and say, man, why am I here? Why was I created? Why, what is my purpose? Whatever. Man, you, you, you'll never find fulfillment in life until you get back to the beginning of understanding where you came from. That, that's where purpose has to start. Notice this, Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. This was part of the plan, and let me tell you, it was intentional. God wrote down in Scripture and wanted you to know and say, I wanted you to know where you came from and why I created you. Let, let, me, let me also put it while we're, we're, we're saying this. The creation of man was intentional. And what God did of creating you and I was intentional. Sometimes I think we have this mess that God walks around this earth and goes, man, look at all these people. What a mess they're in. Man, look at all this sin and all these things that are doing. We need to do so. We need to go down there and fix that up and I'll, I'll, I'll go die for them. Okay, I'll die and show their love. You know, you got to go back to the beginning. God created you and I on purpose. We were intentionally brought into this world for his pleasure. Wasn't an afterthought. Wasn't some project that he went to clean up or whatever. We were intentional from the beginning. And I love how it's led us. And I sit there and say, who's the us in this passage? It was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God said, let us make man in our image. Not to be created as God, but understand how much meat, how much depth, how Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 will change your life. Genesis 1 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. In his image, in his likeness. Now, I look at that, we could look superficially and think, man, if God looks as ugly as some of we are, we're in big trouble. You know, you just, is that what God was talking about? Where, where the facial features and the hands and all this. But it goes deeper than that. You've got to understand that God created us unique. Now, I'm going to show you a verse. And I'm going to kind of back this up and show you how when God made a squirrel and God created a raccoon and God created the giraffe and God created the elephant, all these things, he stopped all those things, changed chapters, changed day, sat off with a different purpose. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, now listen to this. And every, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, let me tell you something. You say, man, this is so basic. If, I, if, if I'm hitting this so basic, I, I hope you just sit back and... Soak it up and let it be a reminder. But here's the thing. You are body, you are soul, and you are spirit. Some people have already said, I'm going to make this the best year I've ever had. And so, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to quit this bad habit. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to save money. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to, I'm going to say, that's great. And that's the reason why so many people are failing in life, because you are more than body You are more than things, you are more than possessions, you are more than a mind, you are body, you are soul, and you are spirit. You know why so many people would think that uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get into drinking this or this, all the things that the world has to satisfy or fulfill us and it never happens, because this is it. Because you are body, you are soul, 
and you are spirit. There is more to you than just out here, and that's why men and women have a yearning, empty hole in their life that they cannot fill. People leave out God of their relationship and wonder why they're still unhappy. See, God created man to have emotions, to display love and desire, to have a will. It was obvious in everything that God created that this was his intent. You see, here's the thing. God created us different because God had a desire to interact with your life. I, I know, I just, if you guys would just sit back and soak this in, I, I, would, I would be thrilled to death. If you just understand that God had a desire from the very, very beginning, not the trees, not the animals, not the whales, not everything else, God created you because he had a desire to create everything around us for your enjoyment. And in that enjoyment, God stepped out, created man, put him up and said, I did all of this so that I could have a relationship with you. That's why God did everything. And as the world falls apart because we have broken that and clung to the world instead of the God and we have made a mess out of our lives and out of our world. Let's get into this. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 1, God gives the overview. Genesis chapter 2, God says, now let me go back and say, man, I not only made man, but I want to get into the intricate details of why I did what I did. God's going to break it down for you, for you to understand that, man, you were so thought out. Man, you were so important to me as a creation. Notice this. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, a man became a living soul. I'm going to walk you through a few points, but here's the first one. Number one, you were created for God. You were created for God. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, I'll read it. You don't have to turn there. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Man, listen to this. In Psalms 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me with my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Can, can, I, can I tell you, I, I, I need to maybe sometimes go to Jen and remind her and tell you. God made your husband, and when he was done, he said, man, that creation is marvelous. Marvelous. I am quoting God. God it's not in scripture, but basically what this is saying is God was saying is I hooked Jenny up is what God was saying. <laughs> I made you marvelous. And I tell you, we look back on our lives and we compare ourselves to everybody else and we go through our life and thinking I'm not this or I'm that, that. I'm not as important. I'm weird. Some of you are weird. It's okay. I, I think the weird ones is what makes life interesting. It used to bother me that I was not as cool as everybody else in school. And, and, and they, they would always be one step ahead of me of what was in style, how, how to tuck in your belt or untuck your shirt or what was this or what was that. And you know, I'm, I'm self-conscious because it's one of those things that we have this thing in our mind that I want to fit in. I, I, I want to be cool. I want other people to look at me and be cool. And people are miserable in life because they're trying to find acceptance of what other people think of them. Let me go back and remind you of something. You were created for God. 
And until you realize that you were created for his pleasure, the Bible says, you will never ever find happiness in any other relationship when you don't first start with his relationship. It's the primary purpose. It's the foundation. It's the beginning of why you are here. Whatever your struggles are, however you look down on yourself, you got to understand that God uses all of your quirks. God uses you for who you are and where you are. You sit there and say, man, but I was this and I slowed his speech and I'm this and that. And God says, I made you that way. I'm not talking about your bad habits and the things that you can't get over. I'm talking about the things of who you are. Just throwing this out there. Some of you might be bald and you don't know why. Have you ever thought that maybe God made you bald on purpose? That that God said, you know what, I want to make you so beautiful that I don't even have to cover up your head with hair. I'm going to make you that beautiful. For some of you, you're just covering it all up. God says, "Uh uh-uh, not with this bad boy. I'm going to make him so beautiful. It's only the lights that shine down that mess everything up. How in the world do we go through life not understanding that God says, you know what, Think, think about this. God created everything. Let it be so. Let it be so. I, I'm going I'm to make it. One day I'm going to make all these things. And God stopped and made one creature. He made one creature. And he didn't even do it by speaking. Got down on his hands and knees. And the Bible says that God formed man. God created man inch by inch thought by thought of every intention. And God said to, to them in, his, in, in this conversation, well, as he said, let us make man in our image. Because this creature that I'm about to do, I, I, I want to know him. I want to interact. I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to share my heart. I, I want to be able to know. I want to be able to share. I want him in our likeness with emotions and feelings and thoughts and a future and everything else. I want him, God is love, and God created us to be loved and to know love and to strive for love. That is why young people today will go out and and do crazy, horrible things to be able to be accepted and loved in this world because they so desperately desire to be loved because they were created to be loved. God made man in his likeness for his pleasure. Say, wait a minute, I, I get that with Adam, but that's not true with me. Can, can I remind you of what, I, what we just read in Jeremiah in that? Before, it, it, while you were in your mother's womb, I, I, I made you, I formed you. Everything about you was there by God and for God. My life was planned by God. Your life was planned by God for his pleasure. Here's the second thing. My life is personal with God. You're going to say, well, I, I know that. Let, let me show you this. And I, I'm going to be honest. What I'm about to say, I, I, I have taught this before. So if this sounds familiar, I, I'm going to say good. All right. I'm glad that it sounds familiar. Read verse 20, chapter 1, verse 26 again. I want to point something out while we're here. Genesis 1, 26. And God. And God. G O D said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. If you were to go back, you're going to see that God is at the beginning mentioned over, over, and over again. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
And God said, let the waters bring forth. And let God, let the sun and the earth and all this. And God said. The word God there is Elohim. It means creator. It means that he spoke it in existence. He created out of nothing. He's the only one that could ever be given that title of Elohim, God the creator. Then things get personal. In chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God for man of the dust. And the Lord God. He say, what's the difference? All of a sudden, they switch things up. All of a sudden, they throw in an extra name of God. You see, the word God still means creator. But the word Elohim, or God there, but then there's another word, which is Lord God. Capital L-O-R-D, all capital, which means Yahweh or the unwritable name. It's pronounced Yahweh to show himself as more than creator but personal. When God came to Moses and he said, I'm going to bring you back and, and, and have you set my people free. God said, they have known me as Elohim, but I want them to know me as Jehovah, as the personal side of God, that I will walk with them, I will dwell with them, I will be their God, and they will be my people. So what is your point? You see, in this instant, the God, the creator that spoke everything in the creation, stopped at that point, and the Lord God, the personal God, gave us another name to be known by. Of a God that wanted to be part of our life. Let, let, let me take it a step further. I, I, don't, I don't know any other way to, to put this and, and to explain this. People at the church know me as pastor. We're about to have a, a deacon meeting on the 18th. And, and I'll, I'll be in there. I'll, I'll be Pastor Tony. I'll be meeting with a group of deacons. I, I, um, I, love, I love my job. I love to do what I do. I, I get to meet a lot of people on, on Sunday morning, and I've met people this morning that I've never met before. I love that. I've been around people that I've known for years, and they'll still come up and call me Pastor Tony. And, and it's, it's so cool to know that I've got another name. My other name that I go by more frequently than even pastor is the name Tony. I, I, that's the relationship that I have with my wife. We, we, we met, we dated, I stood on a platform, and I gave my life, and I said, I, Tony, take thee, Jenny, to be my wedded wife. But I got another name. Let me, let me go even a step further than that. I, I've got a name that I'm also extremely proud of, and it's the name Daddy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. If some of you came up and called me daddy, I'm going to be creeped out, okay? <laughs> Just for the record. You can call me pastor, you can call me pastor Tony, you can call me Tony. But if you call me daddy, we're going to have some issues, okay? Just putting that out there. Now, when I'm here, and, and I'm at church, and a lot of times, a couple weeks ago, I was back in the Connecting Point room, and I'm there, and and people came in and said, Pastor Tony, we wanted to meet you. I said, oh, man, this is great. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying and talking with people. And they came in. And I, and I had some of the men that came in. Pastor, when, when you have time, can I talk to you? It would be that great. And in the midst of all of that, I had a little girl run in the room and grab my leg. And she's holding and, and, and hugging my leg and, and sitting there and looking up. And I said, oh, it's Morgan. And I reached out and I stopped in all of my pastoral duties and I knelt down on one knee gave her a kiss on the cheek and said what are you doing she goes oh, I'm doing this or whatever gave me a hug and she ran out once again 
something I suggest that you don't do with me, it's reserved for that daddy title, okay? Just, just for the record. <laughs> but let me tell you, I absolutely love my daughter knowing me as her daddy. When I come home, this is, this is how we have it. I don't know how it is in your home. I walk through the door because I'm a preacher. This is what we do, just so you know. And I set my kids down and say, Father is home. Take your Bibles out now. And we're, gonna, we're not only going to have dinner tonight, kids. I want to teach you how God gave us dinner. Amen. No, I don't do that. My, my kids would probably be like, Dad's lost it again. Mom, you know, just... It, 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 it would never be like that. But, but see, I, I come home and we, we had Nerf gun wars and we, we, we play Xbox and Nintendo Wii and we, we do all these things because to them, I'm, I'm, I'm daddy. My, in the middle of me playing that game, Morgan comes up and crawls up in my lap and she has her controller and I have my controller and we're doing that. Because you need to understand something. That I not only am her daddy, I want to be known and introduced in a relationship that is different than Pastor, different than Tony. I want Morgan to know me as her daddy because that is a personal, intimate relationship that I have with my little girl. And it's different than everything else around me. This is special. She doesn't even know and understand the, the pastor part of me. She, she said, Dad, are you doing that preaching thing? I mean, she just doesn't, she doesn't understand. We went the other day, a while back, and, and uh, Kristen Taylor uh, took us to get pictures taken for the website so that we'd have these pictures. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to get my most eloquent pose and look all cool. It's not hard for me. It's just trying to pick one of the varieties is basically what it comes down to. And I, I'm, I'm sitting on this, this rock, and I'm, I'm trying to look all cool, and Kristen's telling me what to do and how to look right and everything like that. And, and, and I, I'm getting, I'm, come on, dude. I am getting my pastoral picture taken here, okay? This is big-time, important pastoral stuff. My daughter, Morgan, photobombs my pastor picture. No joke. This is, she photobombed my picture. That wasn't planned. She just popped her head in there, and I'm like, Morgan, I'm the pastor. I'm getting my picture taken. I'm trying to be cool and eloquent here. They say, what's the deal? She didn't get that. You got to understand, I am totally approachable to that little girl. She never has to wait in line. She, she, she never has to... Daddy, is it okay to enter into your presence or whatever? She usually runs and knocks me over with a hug or however she does it. He said, what are you trying to say? When God stopped in his creation and said, you were created on purpose, you were created for my pleasure, you were created, got done and says, you know, I want you to know me as Lord God. I don't want, I'm not, see, a lot of people that go through this world, it's God if you're there, the the guy, the, the big guy upstairs, the Creator, creator, creator. You're just this disconnected. I did that with my own voice. That was not special effects, by the way. (laughs) You're thinking, wow, Richard's awesome. No, it's right here. God doesn't want us to know him that way. But for the world, they go through life knowing him that way, and they are miserable in their life because that's not why they were created. God said, I formed you for me. 
And I didn't form you to be formed from a distance. Because I promise you, God's not walking through and running through the forest with squirrels going, isn't this great? God turned around and said, no, I created Adam to walk with him in the garden. That I could fellowship with him and he with me. Here, let me put it like this. God desires for you to desire him. God desires for you to know him, for you to love him, for him to love you and to respond to that. That's why, have you ever wondered this question? And I'm telling you, if you want me to explain into detail, I'm going to be honest. I can't. But God created us knowing that I was going to fail. Knowing Adam and Eve in the garden. Have you ever thought of that? Why would God do that? But God created them and gave them the ability to, 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 to love and to have that choice. You realize that if you create somebody to love and for them to love you and, they, and you make them do that, just for you guys to know, if you have a girlfriend that doesn't like you, but you like her and you won't let her go, that's a hostage situation. That's not romance, okay? <laughs> Nobody wants a hostage situation. I, I want her to fall in love with me and I want to be in love with her. That's a relationship. God created us in his likeness and then set us there and wanted us because he loved us and his goal was for us to love him in return. Let me ask you, when we're getting and I got one more point, we'll wrap it up and we'll be done. But I, 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 do you understand the fact that you were created on purpose? You were planned by God. You were created to be personal with God. And the last thing I want you to see, and this is so cool. We are pursued by God. Genesis chapter 3, and this is, this is where I wrap it up. Because if I don't give you this part, a lot of you are going to step back and go, yeah, I understand that, but I blew it. I understand God's intent, but I walked away from God's intent. Everything that God did, he did for Adam and Eve. And they messed up, and they went all out when they did it. In chapter 3, verse 8, and you guys know the fall of man and sin and came into the world. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Did you notice this? Not the mystical sound in the sky, not the creator, not all those. The Lord God walked in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? thou. I've said it a thousand times. I've said it again. It was not the fact that God could not find them. It wasn't the fact that God did not know where they were. It was the fact that God wanted them to know that I am seeking you out. And he did it with the name Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, the personal God of, you know what? I know you've messed up and I know you sinned, and I know you made mistakes, and maybe that's how you're beginning 2014, saying, I would love to have that relationship with God. I would love to be able to step into his presence. I would love to have that. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know the mistakes that I've made or how I've messed it up. Adam and Eve went and hid themselves. You know why we hide ourselves? Because we're ashamed. And I tell you, when you're ashamed, you don't run and hug daddy's leg. You hide when you're ashamed, you don't leap out in there. When you're ashamed, you cover up and turn. You don't leap out and reach out. Adam and Eve are sitting there in their sin, in their problem, in their mistake. And the Lord God went and sought them out. 
Because God was saying this, my desire to have a relationship still has not changed. God did something amazing. He Mess, or he tried to fix what they messed up. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. And you know, the, the, the principle there is we will never, ever be able to cover up our sin. You will never be able to cover up your shame, what you've done, your past, and your mistakes. As much as it is, we try to do that, and God says, you know what? I, I, why, who said you were naked? Why, why did you do this? And God took an animal and took the skin and covered. Because that is the only way that we will ever restore the relationship that we have with God. Now you know that God gave us the ultimate sacrifice. God gave us the ultimate covering when he gave himself on the cross for our sins. He said, what, what, what is the matter of all this? I'm trying to tell you this. God desires us in 2014. If we don't understand that the most important thing in our life is our relationship and going back to the roots of where everything started, the fact that God created us in his likeness, to, to be loved, to, to have body, soul, and spirit, to wake up and to walk through the cool of the day and to turn around and say, oh, it's God. Eve, it's God. God came looking for us and to run to God and be able to have that relationship and to understand that God has not changed that with us. I'm glad that you decided to lose 20 pounds or put on 20 pounds or whatever your goal is. I'm glad that you're going to change all these things, but I'm telling you, if we don't get to the heart of the matter of what you are existing, when you breathe in the morning, understand that God said, I created you for me. And until you get into the point where you understand that you were created by God and you will never, ever find fulfillment, pleasure, or satisfaction in this world until you understand that God desires you. 